Today on The Big Inside, a kind of ironic topic about how social media is one of the main ways to find out what sucks about social media. And that's ironic because, well, that's the topic. And there's also a cameo by Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, really. Ironically, I'm being serious for once. The workout for your ears begins right now. Here we go. It's another Monday night somewhere. Wait, wait, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. I, I guess it's time once again for the big inside. Broadcasting from the world-famous Public Alley 701 in the irony-laden city of Boston, Massachusetts, I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN. And this is The Big Inside, an ongoing discussion of what intersects and connects and transforms the body with what transforms the world and then turns them both inside out. We're all about the conversation, not the education, but with our luck, you'll probably end up learning something along the way. At last, I am no longer a liar. I promised you people there'd be sidecars. The sidecars are coming back. In two weeks, I lied to you, and now I'm double delivering. There's not only one, there is two. I have Nick and Scott. Both of them are in this show. Hey, guys. What's up? What's going on, Christian? It's great to be back with two sidecars. <laughs> Scott told me he prepared for the show by eating an entire pizza, and Nick said he prepared for the show by saying he doesn't know anything he's going to say. Sounds perfect. That's interesting. That's how uh, I usually operate anyways. <laughs> bringing you less and less intellect as the weeks roll on. Um, the other big announcement this week, let me just get through this announcement real fast. The other big announcement is if you're from Maine – like Nick is, if you're from Maine or anywhere from New England for that matter, this is your chance to come see me live and my shtick for some unknown godforsaken reason. I have once again been taken on as the MC for the Pine Tree State Championships on April 15th in Westbrook, Maine. It's an event I've done for the past few years. Nick, you're from Maine. Have you ever gone to the Pine Tree State? You're interested to go? It's a good time. I've never been. Yeah, you've barely made it out of your little village, I'm sure. If you win that contest, Christian, yes. do you get a pine tree? You Actually, yes, you get not only Good. that, not only a pine Maybe like some pine pollen or something? The whole Maybe thing. Like a it's, a, it's a complete package. You're right. You get like pine tar. <laughs> you get a tree. It's great. Um, I think, I think uh, didn't they used to say that Andro used to be made from scotch pine pollen? So you get it all. It's a great. Yeah, yeah. No, pine pollen and a box stuff. <laughs> seriously yeah you go to the show you breathe in the air you grow it's that simple seriously though the pine tree state championships april 15th i'll be the mc um also another announcement we're up on google play yes people have been asking but christian where where does one listen to such high quality audio treats as the big inside well you can find us on the google sphere we are finally up on google play making your finding us that much easier all right let's get into the big deal a major event happened in the world of bodybuilding this weekend. It's a major event on the fitness and competitive physique world calendar that has been going on for literally 38 years. It's the Arnold Sports Festival, better known by its nickname, The Arnold. And this week's episode uh, was inspired by a moment of social media serendipity. Let's just jump right into the big deal. The boy was riveted. His mouth was slightly open and his eyes were transfixed on the TV in front of him. 
He was lying on the floor, on his belly. He hadn't moved from that spot in front of the television for the better part of oh, 30, maybe 40 minutes. It was like he was in a trance. It was like he was seeing something, something no one else could see, much less understand. At eight years old, that boy was actually glimpsing the future, almost literally. The images that glowed blue light onto his face from the TV were like echoes of some time way down the road. And he was hearing them. But they didn't really sound the way you'd expect a voice from the future to sound. Conan, what is best in life? That's right. To crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and to hear the lamentation of your women. That is good. The boy was watching Conan, Conan the Barbarian. You know, the camp epic from the 80s with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But he was watching it with no irony. Not like we would watch it. He wasn't laying on his living room carpet, mining the images for laughable dialogue or ridiculous images. He was just taking it in. No, actually, he was loving it. And like I said, it was telling him about the future. I mean, it was just whispers that only he could hear. But in his head, these whispered ideas of the future were like loudspeakers. And suddenly, without warning, the boy sprang up onto his haunches. And he twisted himself around to face his mom, who was sitting on the couch in back of him. She was dozing off a little bit because, you know, this wasn't the first time she had to sit through a Schwarzenegger movie with her son. She could practically recite the movie, she had seen it so many times, but she watched anyway. Because she loved him. And she did so without any irony. Even if she may not have quite held the same level of fascination the boy had. But now he gazed at her with a huge excited expression. His head was haloed by the TV light as if a cartoon aha bulb had just gone off in his head. Mom, he said, that's what I want to be. When I get big, I want to be a muscle man. Now he's big time. Now he's hardcore. She smiled. She humored him. She wasn't the type to discourage the boy's whims, as far-fetched as they might seem. A mother wants a lot of things for her son. But, you know, becoming a barbarian, running around rocky terrain, and wearing nothing but a pelt is rarely high on the list. But that doesn't matter. She still encouraged the idea, in spite of the irony. I mean, eight-year-olds get fascinated with all kinds of stuff. The more exaggerated, the more likely a kid's gonna get fixated. A funny outfit, a fast vehicle, a big animal. The obsessions kids get come and go like mini fads. No use in shutting them down, they'll fade on their own. At least, that's what you'd expect. And that's why, as ironic as it is, 
We adults tend to encourage kids when they come across their fads and trends. We know they're most likely not going to materialize the way an eight-year-old boy thinks they would, but we encourage them anyway. We know what we're saying is the epitome of irony, that our encouraging their desire is actually just moving them ahead more swiftly to a point of, well, losing that desire. So to encourage a kid's wild-minded whims is really just to help them eventually face reality and then become less whimsical. It's an irony we all know. So what is irony anyway? Like, we can basically define it, and it's kind of something everybody already knows, but it's really hard to describe how irony feels. When you experience irony, the feeling you get is always easier to describe by giving an example, rather than by trying to hash out a definition. We all know what it is. We all experience it in our life. We all love it in a good story. And we can always see it in the world around us. But pinning down how it feels is usually daunting for the average person to describe. The technical definition of irony is... <clears throat> irony. Noun. The expression of one's meaning by using language or actions that normally signifies the opposite, typically for humorous or emphatic effect. Or... A state of affairs or an event that seems deliberately contrary to what one expects to find and is often amusing as a result. But that definition doesn't describe how we feel when we see irony around us. Sure, amusement or humor kind of hint at it, but irony is more often a unique feeling unto itself. It's it's like a feeling of hearing a really funny joke and a really dumb joke at the exact same minute. It's a totally unique sensation. Which is maybe why we like it. And maybe why it's so easy for us to fall into, even when we don't expect to fall into it. Especially when, say, tens of millions of people have fallen into that experience at the exact same time. A lot of fads can have irony in them. Like when people want to have a family-style meal at a public restaurant with strangers, or when we try to put together our own kind of style by picking out outfits from racks of completely identical clothing in a store, or when we want to connect with friends and so we all sit all alone at a computer imagining we're doing just that. It's irony. And the irony found within fads of modern life is everywhere. The examples are so frequent, we basically seem to ignore them, ironically. And we could probably say that anything prone to fads and trends is more prone to irony than other things, like, say, on the internet, or in entertainment, or, say, in fitness. And what if all three of those things swirl together? What would that be like? Probably the most super fertile ground for ironies left and right, right? 
the past 20 years or so, the internet, the fitness arena, and good old-fashioned idol entertainment have all been conspiring together in a totally organic way to influence, and even in some cases, define our trends. And unless you live under a rock, this shouldn't be news to anyone. But what is fascinating is how these trends aren't just for diets or training programs anymore. The weird swirl of social media and the pursuit of muscle have also begun to produce attitudinal trends. Yeah, literally. Fads in how people try to look have evolved into fads for how people talk, how people behave, and even, maybe, in how people think. Twenty or more years ago, in order to interface with any sort of fitness community, you had to, well, literally interface with it. You had to go somewhere, to a gym, and sometimes even to another city. But you could get a close proxy through media, like books and, well, more commonly, magazines. They're a way to get glimpses of this muscle subculture. But those magazines came only like once a month in most cases, so most were left pretty much on your own to construct your mindset around fitness. Whatever the fad or trend would be, it was brought to you in slow motion. But in the meantime, comics and movies and TV, well, they were all there to remind you of those ideas about the body, both good and bad. Movies like the ones with Schwarzenegger, movies like Conan, well, the edited-for-TV version, anyway. But then the internet changed that, as we all know. It allowed fans of muscle to get their fix more often. You could literally get lost in the world of muscle. For example, the online forum of bodybuilding.com was in the millions of users, millions of users, by the mid-aughts, and has continued to climb in membership since. Now, it's basically just a giant chatterbox for people who appreciate muscle and the physique, but it has over 7 million members in that chatterbox. And it's not showing any signs of slowing down as it's nearing 8 million. It is a community of interaction that is literally larger than most cities and towns in the whole of the USA. And at its center is muscle. And it's not the only online community out there. I mean, Instagram has become the main epicenter of the fitness and bodybuilding interests. From hardcore practitioners to people who just want to gawk, Instagram communities rival the numbers found in those forums. And wherever you have huge communities, you get fads. It would be impossible to list all the trends and fads that social media encourages. I mean, that's a project for bigger minds than ours. But that doesn't mean we can't see them. Especially when you start hashtagging your way into social media communities focused on the body. While most people would think it's just a bunch of pictures of pectorals and glam shots of six-packs, the trends around physiques have gone more philosophical than physical over the past few years. One used to distinguish themselves by showing off how a physique looked uncommon, how it was special, how well it was developed. So jacked or lean or shapely or, well, whatever, you get it. Pick your favorite hyperbole. Basically, that it was a body worth the fixation of millions of people who shared the interest. But that's where one of the most major ironies in the physique world first popped up. 
social media, the ability to frequently interface with that bigger muscle-bound community actually revealed that muscle was, well, common. I mean, it happened a lot, a real lot. A few scrolls on social media and you suddenly realize that any physique fad has hundreds of thousands, even millions of representations. Social media has made no one's physique special. Nope. Now, it's just common. You got muscles? Big deal, so do they. You got a lean set of abs? Yawn, so do tons of other people. When you see something every day, it starts to not feel special. It's hard to muster fascination for things like bedsheets or shoelaces. I mean, sure, there's exceptions, but whatever we have common in our lives every day becomes, well, common. And so, if you almost never saw muscles, like, say, an eight-year-old boy in the late 1980s, you might find them to be one of the most special things in the world. But if you see them today, in 2017, where they're pretty much everywhere on social media, they become a lot less unique. So how is it and why is it that all these people on social media remain so wildly popular if their images of their bodies are no longer unique? The answer? Philosophy. Or attitude or outlook, or whatever other term you want to put in there that applies to the idea of showing off your mindset. The way to stand out now on social media, if you want people to admire your looks, is to staple onto those good looks some idea of a global, socially effective philosophy. We all have the same amount of hours in our day. Deciding how to use your hours is up to you. You have to actually say something clever or insightful or just surprising in order to stand out from this sea of chiseled biceps and rippling glutes. Don't wish for it. Work for it. Without a philosophy gimmick, you just become, well, a nobody. And who wants to work that hard to become a nobody? Do something today that your future self will thank you for. Becoming known as a physique with a philosophy is the biggest fad currently underway in the muscle-centric corners of social media. It's a fad that has been churning away for quite a few years now. I mean, just go online and do a search for the hashtag gym motivation or muscle inspiration or any similar combo of words like that, and you'll quickly fall down an internet rabbit hole of literally millions of folks trying to show off their attitudes just as much as they're showing off their abs. The accomplishment of the body no longer wins you social media cred. Now, you have to have an attitude as well. You can't just spin around and say, Hey mom, I want to be a muscle man when I grow up. No, these days you have to bring something else. Or at least, bring more than the other guys did. So yeah, it's very competitive. Especially because, just as with the bodies, the philosophy of motivation and inspiration have become, well less than inspiring. Just as all the muscular legs and wide backs swirled together became indistinguishable, so too have all the motivational quotes begun to seem, well, kind of photocopied off one another, at least on social media. Now, imagine hearing these kinds of sentiments dozens of times a week, or more likely, dozens of times a day, over and over and over, motivational quote after motivational quote. It just begins to feel disingenuous. And so, it's begun to create a new fad, a fad of cynicism. 
Because the latest trend is to try and somehow show your philosophy is more genuine than the other guy. Literally, think about that. You try to be more real, more down to earth, and that is how you stand out from the other physiques out there. You're literally trying to show off how your philosophy isn't just, well, showing off. You try to be inspirational by showing how you're not trying to be inspirational. You try to seem more admirable by not trying to look like, you know, you're trying to seem admirable. Yeah, the world of fitness inspiration on social media can make you, ironically, pretty cynical and not inspired at all. Being a muscle man today is a lot different than what that eight-year-old imagined three decades ago. Ironically, he didn't give up on his fascination the way most kids do. No, he kept re-watching Conan almost every time it was on TV. And he would draw pictures of superheroes with muscular physiques. And on the fifth of every month, a new magazine would come to his mailbox and he'd read it cover to cover. And eventually, he became the very thing he told his grandmother he was going to become. I mean, it's probably what you guessed at the top of the story. The kid became a pro bodybuilder. But maybe just a little bit different than the other pro bodybuilders. You know, different from the bodybuilders you see on social media. That eight-year-old boy became a bit of a folk hero within the pro sport. Not because he's especially popular, and not because people think his body is the best around, and certainly not because he hangs out on social media publishing every other day. Sure, I mean, those elements are there for him, as they are with so many in his field, but that's not why he's suddenly a pro athlete of note. You see, it's because Cedric McMillan recently won a title that is considered one of the most prestigious in the entire field. It was in the contest that bears Schwarzenegger's name himself, the Arnold Pro Bodybuilding Competition. That's right. Cedric McMillan won the contest named after Conan, his idol, himself. But it was what he said when he won that made him suddenly pop up on people's radar. Not because it was deep, and it wasn't very clever, and he certainly wasn't using any sort of elevated speech. He didn't call attention to his body, and he didn't talk about his work. But it wasn't even these absences that made his speech suddenly the centerpiece of millions and millions of people's attention. Today, it seemed to me everything was absolutely flawed. Yeah, that's Arnold Schwarzenegger himself handing Cedric his award. The way you, how, how long you held your poses. Yeah. And you were calm. There was no shaking there. You showed confidence in your face. I mean, it was a straight 10. How do you feel right now? I, look, I have problems with anxiety. And, uh, you know, coming to a show and being here with my friends and people that I'm cool with, you know, as opposed to people, you know, they got their game face on and they think they got to have a killer instinct in order to come up here with some bikinis and pose your body, right? You know what I'm saying? But we able to keep it real and enjoy each other. Um, the last thing I want to say, I'm sorry for taking up all your time. I know you're real clever with the words. Uh, okay, but uh, I just, I just want to give a shout out to this little kid. He eight years old. And uh, he at home, laying on the floor in the living room, 
watching Conan the Barbarian. And he turned around and he looked at his mama and he said, I want to be, be a muscle man when I grow up. And that little kid name is Cedric. Hey, I did this for you, baby. So, uh, you know, while you, can, while you guys can look up here, you see so much diversity in us, as well as the diversity that is within you. And uh, what, what, I, what I would like to ask is that we appreciate that diversity. You know, it's real easy for us to say, I don't like his body type, or I think his body type shouldn't have won, or this is my, you know, yeah, you know, and, and it's real. And you know what, Let, let's be straight up. The internet making shit worse, right? Because people get brave, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they get brave. They won't say that in the street, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, but, but really, I, I just wish, I, just, I can remember when I would get my magazine, on the fifth of the month, all I was I was just happy to see everything in it. And now with so much hate and negative energy in the atmosphere. And I wish we could filter that out. You know what I'm saying? And keep it positive. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Macmillan referenced how the role of social media was antithetical to the mindset of that boy parked in front of the TV. And there are probably millions of kids like that out there right now, and they're all watching what we adults do. And all these kids, they'll spin around on their haunches with their eyes wide and eager to announce to their grandmother, or their friends, or just to the air around them that, yeah, they know what they're going to be when they grow big. We've all done it. But Macmillan, well, Macmillan remembered it. And yet, that isn't even where the irony lies. The irony is in how so many people came to hear of this moment. The audience for this moment at the Arnold, numbering in the millions worldwide, all heard Macmillan the way we always hear about things related to fitness. They were all watching the social media. In fact, even right now, the clips of Macmillan are traversing the internet, being applauded by all those people online, all those people in the exact place Macmillan gently chastised us for being stuck on. People are watching his message to get off of social media because it makes you cynical while they're on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And everyone's probably out there hashtagging his point, but ironically, probably missing it. In fact, I could probably imagine there's a lot of people doing it, you know, posting about Cedric, just so that they can be the one to get appreciation for putting his quotes online before anyone else. So that they can get a philosophy attached to their physique before anyone else. So that they can look, you know, unique. So they can stand out. It's hard to know whether this irony will be lost on Cedric now that his moment is past. And it's hard to know if his point will just get lost 
now that it's heaped on the pile of so many other philosophies that are jockeying for attention on social media. It's hard to even know whether his point will retain its merit if it just becomes, you know, one more quote added onto a huge pile. Yeah, it's hard not to become cynical. Even though Cedric suggested that we strive our best not to, it's hard. It's hard because his advice to avoid cynicism reaches our ears via the exact same vehicle that ironically tends to create cynicism. Which makes us feel that other feeling. You know the one. The feeling of irony. It's a feeling we're all super familiar with, especially us adults, when we watch how our best intentions often unfold in unexpectedly contrary ways. Yeah, we know this feeling. It's like a battle going on inside of us, trying to make us cynical. And it's probably going on right now. The feeling, I mean. The feeling of irony. I mean, we can all see the irony in this. We can all feel it. Well, all of us, except for maybe one. That kid on the floor. The one watching TV, staring, his mouth a little bit open, hypnotized by what he's watching. Yeah, he's not going to move for a while. He's going to watch this all the way through to the end. Without a bit of irony. All right, so guys, what I want to know is what's the first thing that came to mind when you guys heard Cedric's speech? Um, you know what? I, I, I guess what was my first hit without even like kind of just like listen, the first part was uh, it was like he was keeping it real. Uh, and you know, like everyone does the interviews. No, no, you got to listen. Hear me you out did say I'm Nick keeping it real, this. but go on, Scott. You can't just repeat him. Scott, you can't just repeat the guy. Let me finish for God's sakes. <laughs> But no, everyone does like the they say what you, you think you should say, you know, it's like this cliche interview. But he was be he was actually pretty real with it um, and included like everyone. It wasn't kind of like, oh, I'm awesome. And oh, that, you know, like, I don't know. It was it. It was interesting. I, I thought it was more relatable than most interviews I've seen for bodybuilders anyway. So, yeah, I mean, it's he broke a cliche. Nick, did you feel the same way that it wasn't like did you did you appreciate the breaking of cliche? Yeah, I really did. Um, I thought that, uh, you know, it, it was uh, he paid um, homage to his own journey in like a very humble and respectable way, saying that, you know, he got into the sport for um, a pretty pure reason. He liked what he saw and he was like, shit, I want to do that one day um, and obviously followed through on that. That's still why he does it is is uh, what he kind of articulated. Um, but I also thought that there was like a ton of value in him saying um, that. uh kind of refocusing the, the lens on everyone that put in effort that day. And, you know, instead of just uh, shining on the spotlight, shining the spotlight on himself, um, I thought it was really awesome that he, uh, you know, gave accolades to everyone else that was up there and really kind of um, made it a community thing, like a community sport. Yeah, it was really refreshing. I mean, that's not something you see a lot of in any sport, let alone bodybuilding. Do you feel like his – I feel like he evoked some inner child stuff, you know, that literally this is about some journey that you start 
on identity as a kid. I want to be a muscle man. It's an identity thing. Um, do you feel like that was uh, done intentionally or is he just like off the cuff? I mean, it seemed intelligent. I mean, he's not a, a wordsmith by any stretch of the imagination, but it seemed like it was inte- intelligently thought out. Do you agree? Or do you think he was just talking about, you know, way back when? You know, I think he was just being, I think he was just being honest to tell you the truth about his journey and what made him excited and what inspired him because I mean, I can share that, you know, I mean, I mean, that's why I got into bodybuilding is uh, I was watching Arnold Schwarzenegger and I was like, oh, crap, that guy's the man. I want to be him. Yeah. Nick, did you have a Schwarzenegger moment? Yeah, for sure. Um, I remember the first day, like, uh, you know, I, I, I'd like liked weightlifting a lot and I was introduced to it uh, freshman year of high school. And um, I remember specifically in like grade 10 or something like that, um, my buddy brought in like, you know, a flex magazine and uh saw like ronnie coleman and jay cutler and i was like holy fuck i want to look like that one day <laughs> do you think you guys still have that scott do you still have that innocence around it or has the cynicism that he's because cedric referenced the negativity and cynicism do you think it's come in for you or do you still you know that? what that's that's actually the that's a really good question christian because that's i had a little bit of that for a couple of years um but it kind of went away because then i could recapture and have myself in an excitement that first got me doing bodybuilding you know, that they call it the golden age of bodybuilding, you know, looking at like Frank Colombo and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Frank Zane and all these guys with classic physiques having fun together as friends and like hanging out. And he, I think that I think bodybuilders want that back, that golden age of like that community where you're chilling with each other on the beach, weightlifting weights, you know, doing whatever, you know. Well, I think everybody wants their own version of a golden age thing, you know. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a really notable contrast and a really refreshing contrast to like a lot of the super hyped up like hardcore shit that's always surrounding the sport. Like people are like, you know, uh, just the ridiculous metaphors like, oh, you're a soldier and like this is your own fucking battle. Like mask bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Instead, he was like, yeah, this is like, you know this is what I aspired to be as a child. And it, it was just so much more pure and honest rather than being super hyped up and like bullshit, you know, do you think, and that's what you, you evoked the social media right there. I know that you, you, you know, you weren't down with my idea on talking about the irony, but you just evoked it with the whole, how the ideas are promoted. Um, do you think that the citizen, the loss of that thing that Cedric is talking about, Nick, you, you're on the social media a lot. Do you think that the social media, is actually contributing to the cynicism or do you just think it's like the, the the symptom of it that it's so many people are involved and it's going down like like everything on social media or do you think that the social media is playing that role i think it's so ambiguous i mean you can choose to participate either way i really think it boils down to what you fixate on does it make you cynical uh maybe at times i would say not so much uh as the actual certain aspects of the sport itself. And what I was going to say is like, you can fixate either way. You know, you can look at social media as, wow, this is a really amazing platform to reach out to people who are new in the sport and put out a really pure and honest message and, you know, help guide these people through what he's experienced or what other experienced people have gone through. Or you can fixate on, you know, all the negativity and all the bashing and the trash talking and, all the bullshit. So I, I really think it's like equal parts and it's really what people choose to focus on. Yeah, but that's true. And I, I like that answer. I, I, but I think that, you know, some of that, you know, people posturing online may give us a fake perception of ourselves that would lead to jumping in unprepared for contests. Like, Scott, do you find 
that a lot of the people uh, you see around in and around bodybuilding or in and around even training uh, are infected by their social media stuff that they sort of have an inflated sense of ego that would make people feel more cynical all around. I mean, there's, this is actually like the United States type of thing where people, I mean, whatever it could be, it could be weightlifting, yoga, bodybuilding, powerlifting, whatever you call it, sports. Right. Um, we don't have understanding like other cultures about how our body works. Uh, we, we work out of fear and like how, learning how to move our bodies and to work with them. And we're just not informed. Um, and so then like we do have this whole social media stage where like everyone's trying to put their two cents in about how they think their body works. And then there's all these fads and all these different workout plans and supplements. And it's just this huge smoke screen where it's like, you know, what are we not being honest with in ourselves that we don't understand? And then, it, But it gets people in the door. I know that. But then where do you go next? You know, right. like, you know, I got me pumped up. But now what do I do? So it's so. interesting. It's, it's kind of like you just brought it back around to Cedric's point, which is probably a good point to place yeah. to end this little conversation that he was saying. The, the point I came in on uh, has stayed resonant, but at no point did he try to literally become Conan. He didn't like people try to they see the social media, but they, then they try to actually put that social media image on themselves as opposed to, like you said, OK, it guided me in. Now what? Or what like Nick is saying that you know, it has to be your own refined version of a journey as opposed to just trying to do what you saw someone else do. You know what I mean? This is interesting stuff. Guys, I appreciate your input. That was a good little cap to our little thing. All right, guys, stick around so we can do the um, our little recommendations at the end. That Thanks again for stepping inside the big inside. We'll be back again next week to root through the gnarled underbelly of life by way of the shimmering veneer of physique sports. Dear God, who wrote this? Oh, good gum. Um, if you liked what you heard, please, 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 we need your support. Why not, right now, copy the link for this episode and share it with a friend, you know, or share it with an enemy or with a stranger, whoever. Help us grow. Share us, share our show. We want you to let people know that you like us, and we want you to let us know you like us. So if you do like what we do or hate what we do, let us know. Become a big mouth. Go to the uh, website and leave a comment, thebiginside.com, or go to our Facebook page, Today's show was sponsored by SciSay Sports, who are the makers of the new pre-workout formula, Wrecked. I have to revert to my robot voice because I've been told I sound like a used car salesman. Yeah. Let me let me hit it. Let me do this. All yeah, right. We need a different closer. We need a different is brought closer. to you by SciSay Sports. We have the highest dosed pre-workout on the market. Same price as a lot of the other pre-workouts you see. You will not find a better value. It is a true 30 serving container. Nothing better for pumps, stim, and nootropics than wrecked pre workout from SciSay Sports at www.saisports.com. That's SciSay Sports. You know what? He can't. He can't spell sports, though. That was excellent. Now, Nick just hijacked my show. I like that, Nick. Well done, Nick. Nick just hijacked the show. (laughs) We have to have more guests. That's what we need. We need guests doing the sponsorship spots. That was excellent, Nick. Thank you very much. And lastly... You need a degree in English. Oh, wait. (laughs) You have one. Oh... Education slams oh. on the big inside. <laughs> Lastly, we've been brought to you by Scorpio Creative, a boutique, boutique design, branding, and marketing firm that specializes in small businesses like yours, helping you grow throughout whatever sector you're in. Maybe it's the fitness sector. Who knows? Marketing is the key to a successful business and earning more profit, yet the big guys often gouge small businesses. Contact Scorpio Creative at scorpiocreative.com to find out how you can start growing your business today today. 
Also, folks, the big inside, we're independently funded. That means we rely on you guys, you stunningly gorgeous people, people who speak better than me, apparently. Um, if you like what you hear on The Big Inside, consider dropping a few bucks in our virtual bucket of love at our website, thebiginside.com. Your generosity is not only appreciated, we'll chat you up on the air. In fact, why not hump our leg and become a sponsor? Maybe Nick and Scott will read your spots, because clearly I got nothing. Why not sponsor The Big Inside? Info is on our website. We love selling your stuff, and karma is real. As usual, as you know, at the end of every episode of The Big Inside, we like to end with a little insider, which is a little gem or a recommendation that we came across during our week. So we'll start with Scott. What's one thing you want people to make a little time for in their week, either with their fitness, their diet, their wellness? To kind of feel your body a little bit more, you know, maybe try something different or whatever that might be. Maybe it's like you're, maybe you want to run, maybe you want to go learn flips, maybe you want to go do yoga, maybe you want to go like pump iron, do something different that your body like wants to do, but it's afraid of. I did a hike and I climbed uh, this huge rock called Pulpit Rock in Colorado Springs because I got these new uh, rad like Vibram five finger uh, off, like off-road like, um, like uh, shoes, like you can grip rocks and stuff. So I went hiking with my buddy. Feet gloves? Yeah, feet gloves, dude. Yeah, they were so gloves. awesome. I was like, your shit, bro. It was awesome, dude. I like. I couldn't believe how how, how nice they were. <laughs> See all the excitement. Yeah. So you get two <laughs> recommendations and run. Okay, I was giving you crap, but you just gave two and one. Nick, what's your little insider? What's your thing coming up for your uh, week? Honestly, what I've been focusing on this weekend and kind of uh, um, what I need to focus on a little bit more is just like practicing gratitude. And I think that's nice. somebody that can something that can benefit everyone. Wow. That's right in theme with the show. What's one thing you're grateful for? The fact that you got to do the ad spot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Mine this week. Mine's actually right in between. Scott's was really functional. Nick's was really spiritual. Mine is mine is the appreciation of the coffee break. But specifically, not just any coffee break. There's this thing I've been doing a lot before I go exercise or work out. Like coffee break or coffee cake? Coffee break, although coffee cake would be good, too. I literally have been going to a coffee shop before working out for the past three weeks. It changes everything. I highly recommend take like a half hour. I'm serious. Like a half hour coffee break. Before, a lot of people will run to like a Dunkin' Donuts and grab a coffee and go to the gym. I'm saying actually make it a thing. That's my recommendation. I'm sticking with it. That's what I've been doing. It changes everything. Game changer. Today's show is produced by the Physiculture Collaborative, who first got their inspiration at eight years old by literally dressing up in a loincloth and running around. Look, we had a painful childhood. Music in today's episode was furnished by Graphic Melee, the Amy Hoffman, Congress, the band, not the governmental body, Pretty and Nice, Middle Mountain, and Fall Risk. The epic theme was furnished through Creative Commons license and was composed by bensound.com. Please check out these genius artists online at places like Bandcamp and SoundCloud. Not only is their work incredible, they're also good friends of mine. And that's the workout for your ears this week. I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN for the Big Inside, reminding you that no matter what you do on your outside, what makes it big is what's found on the inside. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. Produced by the Physiculture Collaborative. You can't over, dude, you can't override the ending. We're done.